Hi everyone, welcome to Idle Chatter, a Survivor fan podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Ashley. Welcome to the show. We typically put out episodes every week when Survivor is live on air, recapping the episode in the off season. We're watching some older seasons. We're starting with season 29. That's what we're watching right now. So please feel free to follow along with us and watch as we watch and then tune in for these episodes. This week, we're here to talk about episode six, Make Some Magic Happen. This episode was a roller coaster. I was on the edge of my seat a lot of the time. Were you? Yeah. Okay. I feel like with both challenges, I did not know who was going to win. Same. And... I kind of had a feeling who was going to get voted out, but I I don't know. I I feel like, I mean, I've seen this before multiple times, but I just do not remember the order things happen in. Yeah. Well, if you know what's going to happen, but not episode by episode. So every episode really is a surprise. Except for the one when Drew went home. (laughs) I knew that was happening. For me too. And um, if you're tuning in for the first time, if you have not listened to all of our other season 29, Blood versus Water 2 episodes, Last week, we ended with a surprise swap. So the tribe swapped, and there's one tribe with all couples and Keith on orange. And then on the blue team, it's all singles, and then Josh and Reed. We recap that Dale has this fake idol he found from the water well. Keith has a real idol. Jacqueline and John are a power couple. Jeremy and Natalie and crew are starting to worry about losing Reed as their ally now that Josh is on their tribe as well. And then ultimately, John and Jacqueline sided with Missy and Baylor and they sent survivor icon Kelly Wentworth home. Okay, now... That was a tough blow. Remember how last week we were talking about... I was saying how... After, because I didn't remember that Kelly went home so early on, and I was surprised. I was surprised by it because she's such this. She's such an iconic player. She was brought back for second chances. She was brought back again, and from what we saw of the edit of this season, I didn't really understand why. And you you made up some very valid points that we probably didn't see a lot of the moves made behind the scenes. I think, you know, the, the producers were probably excited about her and saw something in her and wanted to literally give her a second chance. But so last night I watched this episode, episode six, and Matt happened to watch it with me. He normally doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he was like, he said the same thing. He was like, wait, that's it. Like Kelly went home already. That, And he thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I just think she, there were just different ways where she she seemed to have her thumb on the pulse of the game, Yeah, I'm going to say. I think she was really good at reading people. And I I, I think maybe it was was Missy that that said it, that Dale and Kelly are really smart. I, I, I just think she's a smart player. And I think she had a good way of reading people. Like she could tell Drew was gunning for her. I don't know. I think even if they don't show her making all of the moves, I think she's making moves for herself in her mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for when we finally get to her next season so that we can start to see some, some more of her moves. Oh, I, I actually just watched that one (laughs) just for fun. Well, I think I was inspired. I actually, I've watched it while we were um, recording these episodes in the process because I'm sorry. Like, spoiler alert, Jeremy's there. Like, Wentworth is there. Keith is there. I just, 
I feel like we, we watch one episode a week of this. And I, I just needed more Keith in my life. You need more, need more Keith. Yeah. Hashtag need more Keith. Always. Some other okay. quick housekeeping. I, I did a couple of um, survivor polls on our Instagram stories based on the last episode. One was, what color do you think the Coyopa tribe is? Is it orange or is it yellow? Most people sided with us and they too thought it was orange. Well, I voted yellow and you know why? <laughs> why? That, in, that, in that particular picture, it looked really oh. yellow. Oh, so, well, okay, sorry. No, I think it's just, it's really hard to say. I feel like it just depends on the lighting. I don't know. But I'm the entire time I was taking my notes, I called them orange. So we're sticking with orange. The other poll that I did was if you had to pick a Christie brother, <laughs> Drew or Alec, I was shocked most people picked Drew. But I, I guess that's, yeah, I guess that's because he's just the comedy of it all. Yeah, I guess I was thinking, who would I rather be stuck on an island with? Right. Not, not who gives me more TV gold. I mean, Alex, yes. Alex has some things, though, that really has me, like, kind of shaking my head and wondering. He, he said a couple funny things in this episode that we'll yeah. get to. Um <laughs> Last piece of housekeeping before we get into the episode. If you've been enjoying these recaps, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps new shows like ours. Okay, I'm done. So and and subscribe. Oh yeah, please subscribe. It's very easy. Okay, so this episode opens with some menacing music and uh, this foreboding frog, I would say. I always love the little animal footage that's thrown in. This episode, we had a frog. We had a purple-bellied lizard. We had a sloth. I don't know. Oh, the sloth. We had, I know it's the sloth. Yeah. Um, but so we're back with the orange tribe after Kelly was voted out. You know, Dale's Dale says it's as bad as it gets for him. Uh, he, he There's a quote. He goes, you see complete strangers slaughter your daughter and there's nothing you can do about it, which is a little dramatic. She wasn't yeah. killed. But but yeah, it's 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 the first time we're seeing a loved one see their loved one get voted out in real oh, at time. A, at a tribal. Yeah, good point. And yeah, so, you know, Dale knows that he's next. And mm-hmm. I, I like he said. I'm not dead until I see my name written down four times. Right. Oh, that was a powerful quote. He's he's sitting alone by the fire. And normally when we come back from tribal, we see a little bit of discussion between the the players. Yeah. Where they're, but we don't see any of that this time. And maybe there's just nothing to say. We yeah. just kind of see Dale by himself until the next morning when he goes up to John and he says, you know, he's like, I know I'm next, but just so you know, I have an idol. And it's, it's kind of, it's, he pulled it from the water well, like I said, and it's a pretty good fake. As far as fakes go, it's pretty decent. Yeah. I, am I stupid? Where did that come from? It was when he first, so it was when he first got to that that beach and he went to the water well and it's kind of tied around the lid of the the water well it's literally okay it was just it, it was just an adornment to the water yeah. well it's not like okay, I, I was like did someone make a fake idol and i don't remember like what is wrong with me okay mm-hmm. no it was just literally it kind of like adam's fleur-de-lis on the podium <laughs> oh, never so kind of like that but i mean dale at least kind of like isn't so sold on the idea he's like hmm, this might come in handy 
versus Adam's passion. Never forget. Okay, so I thought that it was weird timing for him to bring it up so soon. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it would have been more effective if he waited until right before that tribal. That's true, because he didn't even know they were going to tribal. You know, yeah. they could have, they I mean, well, no, no spoilers. That maybe, they, <laughs> maybe they will, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. I think in his mind, he was trying to plant the seeds early. And I think he even says something to the point of, I'm going to give them a few sleepless nights until they have to vote me out, where they have to worry, like, uh-oh, does he have one? Does he not? But I don't know. I think if it were me, because again, if you want it to seem like a legit, if it was a legitimate idol, you wouldn't have needed to tell anybody, right? I think he lucky. I'm just going to say, conversely, maybe knowing that would give him time to work on John and Jacqueline and actually form an alternate plan versus if you just spring it on them, like the day that you lose the challenge. It, they could it's be like, scrambling and do the whole, you know, split the vote thing. You know, if he has it, he can play it. And right. Then, you know, so I don't know. It, it can go either way. I. It's hard to, I don't think I would have said something instantly. I think I probably would have at least waited maybe until the day. I don't, I don't know. I think I might've waited a little longer. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's, it's very difficult to play a fake idol correctly mm-hmm. <laughs> and play a real idol correctly. Yeah. Um, oh man, okay, so I, I didn't honestly, obviously, everyone wants to find an idol, but I just feel like the anxiety of playing that idol would like weigh on me every single day that I had it in my possession. Playing it correctly, Same. you never know. Like, uh, I feel like I would play it the first day, I would just feel like feeling so paranoid that it would be gone. Same, me I'd too, me too. It. Me too. I also, I think one of my other cardinal rules of Survivor, in addition to um, don't eat too much rice and don't cry, is don't tell a single person about your idol. I don't care if they're your loved one, if they're your best friend, if they're your closest ally, you keep that to yourself. I think you could tell your loved one. Yeah, I was kind of, I was joking, but I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think that there are certain times where things are like, you can tell someone else, I think, if it helps you form formulate a plan to get farther in the game. Like, say you and that person know that you're on the chopping block, the two of you. You can figure out who to play it for, you or them. I, I feel like there's some there's some been some times where I guess I would say them. there are exceptions, they're not the rule. Don't tell someone right away for no reason. Don't tell yeah. someone, oh, I found it, man. I got it. Because you don't right. know what's going to happen in the course of the game. That person might turn on you. Use it when you are in danger. Then you can tell someone. That's when you tell someone. That makes sense. Yeah. Switching gears, we go back over to the the Blue Tribe. And Jeremy and Alec are talking about how they're afraid of what Jeff's going to take. Because I as... Forgot. Oh, Sorry. I, I, I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> they, they, I thought that they were talking about the sea or the a storm. Well, Alex like Alex like, what if he takes our roof? And I'm like, who is he? <laughs> I, he I, I forgot. God. The, the mighty sea. The the oh mighty my God. Pacific Pacific Ocean. Is that what I'm like? Is that Whoa. what we're working with here? The ocean. That's really funny. Yeah. If you don't remember last time. They had ran out of rice and they asked Jeff if they could make a trade for more rice. And Jeff basically says, I have a tribal to do right now. 
I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. But the price for this rice is going to be really steep. So everyone's kind of shaking their boots. Jeremy is pissed because he's like, why? (laughs) I I love when he says, he goes, why are y'all so hungry over a little bit of rice? Jeremy's point is we should have asked for this at the very last minute possible because for all you know, we could have won a, we could win a challenge the next day. And then it's a moot point and we get one more night with the tarp. But whatever. That, that is a really good point. Like, because it, they, they definitely could have waited. They could have completely run out of rice and then gone to this next reward, at least, and then been like, oh, hey, Jeff, we're literally out of rice. And then, or they could have not said shit, yep. seen the food reward, won it, and then made it another couple days to the next one. And then who knows? The merge feast could happen at any time. Because right now it's six and seven. I mean, They've merged at 13 before. Exactly. They could have had a merge feast this next time. Really? Wow. Yeah, because at first I was like, well, Jeremy, they do need food. But he, he, he did bring up some good points. Yeah, he did. I, so then uh, I wrote, Hurricane Jeff arrives with a bag of rice. Julie is scared. Yeah, Julie is freaking out. Yeah, she needs that tarp. So Jeff gets there and he, again, the more I watched this, the more I just kept being like, why couldn't you guys ration better? This doesn't make any sense. And it's insane. The difference that the orange has versus them. They have one tiny scoop left. Not dude, not even orange versus blue, but Jeff says the last time a tribe needed their rice replenished it was Australia season two of Survivor, right? That was two. Literally, yep, literally twenty-seven. Oh my god! Ago. And and, and he he's said like, there were elements at play, right? And you know, Josh and Alex say that it's unfair because their tribe was rationing. Jeff also says we're only fourteen days in, and I don't think I realized that you've gone through this entire sack of rice in fourteen days. That's that insane. Is, that's really. It kind of just, God, it, it almost reminds me of myself. It kind of, not my current self, but my younger self. Sometimes it's kind of like being reckless, knowing that you have someone to bail you out. Yeah. Like, like, like you know, say like, your, you know, your parents are like, not everyone has this, but like, say like my car like completely died and I didn't have the money to fix it. There's been times my parents have been there to be like, okay, like we will front you this money and you can pay me back. Not everyone in life has that, but it's kind of like on survivor doing that knowing like Jeff's not going to let you starve. Like I, I I feel like there has to be some kind (sighs) of like legal (laughs) thing where they, they can't let them die. Like say they literally can't have, it, it, it can become a medical issue. That's fucked up to play that way. Yeah, I agree. The price is pretty steep. Jeff says it's going to be everything from their comfort reward. So that includes the tarp, the bedroll, the hammock. It's also going to include some tools like their hammer, their extra pots, and their extra flint. So and their all hatchet. they and their what? Hatchet. Oh yeah, yeah. So all they really have left is a machete and one pot. And Jeremy is furious, as he should be. At the original that was lost in the fire too yeah those are the three things that they're they're left with yeah and uh, 
God. I mean, we'll see how this pans out later. Again, like you said, Julie's really freaking out. She says <laughs> the tart being gone is a big deal to her more than anyone else. And I'm, I'm rolling my eyes. Um, okay. I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit for, for a quick minute. So we do, we do see this come back to bite them later on. It rains really, really hard that night. And Julie's laying there like so miserable. And like I said earlier, Matt was watching with me and he was like, that would be you. <laughs> How dare you? I don't, I was thinking, I, I mean, I don't know if we should get more into it when it happens. We will. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into it when it happens. I have some thoughts. Yeah. Um, but that that's basically it. That resolves the the rice gate of what year was this on? 20, <laughs> 2014. Right. We'll just we'll call it rice gate. But yeah. let's get into the challenge because I'm so sick of talking about rice. I know, right? Yeah. So this is the first challenge. Oh, well, first of all, the team the teams come in, the tribes come in. And Blue is shocked that Kelly was voted out, but that's kind of all we get. We don't see any any more real dicey dicey takes but this is the first reward challenge where there isn't a loved one versus loved one matchup to be had they've exhausted all the pairings so you're allowed to put up anybody you want yeah as jeff says you can put up your strongest player and <laughs> and blue puts up reed okay or okay yeah. reed and then Orange puts up Baylor, and I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh, they clearly can. They've already been described what the challenge is, I think. Because they're the strongest person to do this particular task, is what they're saying. Because I'm like, right. Do you mean physical strength? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I, like John probably is a little stronger than Baylor, if I had to guess. Like, but oh. no, they clearly can see what the challenge is. And I'm sure because we don't actually get a description of it, I don't think. I think we just watch it. Oh, we do. Oh, we do? Maybe I wasn't maybe I was taking notes and I didn't pay attention. Yeah. I kinda, so, oh, huh. Well, th- this is this is what it is. Basically, the person performing the challenge is going to be blindfolded and then they have to go through this little obstacle course. At the end of it, there are three bags to be untied and there's also a completed puzzle that they can only study with their hands. They can bring one of the three bags back through the obstacle course one at a time and they can also study the puzzle and I this is confusing because you can do it in any order you want to so you could spend 20 minutes right off the bat studying the puzzle and then bring each of the bags back to your puzzle station again you have to go back through the obstacle course um so once you get all three of your bags back to the puzzle station on the other side of the obstacle course and you feel like you've studied the puzzle with your hands enough to get literally a feel for the pieces, then you can start putting it together. And um, there's also going to be dummy pieces in those bags. So I, I believe it's like a seven, seven or eight piece puzzle. An eight puzzle, I think. Yeah, an eight piece puzzle. But there's also going to be some extra pieces. The reward is a survivor barbecue, including meat and some real good looking kebabs. Oh my God, those kebabs looked so good. Like once they were cooked, I was like, I am so hungry. I haven't eaten anything yet today. I can't wait to eat. Yeah, they looked really good. So <laughs> to your to your point of, you can pick your strongest player. They pick Reed and Baylor. I think that the reasoning behind picking Baylor was probably like, she's small. She'll be able to trapeze through the obstacle course more easily than somebody else. And maybe yeah. she's, 
Maybe she's good at puzzles, but... Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense as a choice. Like, I feel like... And she's young. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know... She, she is. She's young and tiny. and Because what the course is, it's basically like you need to crawl under... It's like a wooden structure, kind of. You need to crawl under it, and then at one point hop over a piece, and then I think maybe crawl under again. This is my nightmare. Being blindfolded... Oh my god! Like I don't even I I trip over things when I'm not blindfolded. I this is terrifying to me. I would I would be the worst. Yeah, Never. you'd be a mess. I really bad. But Reed does amazing at this. He uh, there I, a lot of these a lot of these one on one challenges are generally pretty neck and neck until the very end. But right out of the gate, Reed is killing it. He has those long legs. He's just stepping over the obstacles with such ease. Like I, he, I wrote that Reed is as quick as a cheetah and as graceful as a gazelle. Oh Truly. <laughs> That's what I wrote in my notes. Cause it's crazy. He's going so fast. And so Baylor is definitely going slower and bumping her head all the live long day. I was like, ouch, bumping your head sucks. I, I, I felt for Baylor in that moment. I would be bumping my head. Yeah, she was she was very clumsy. Um, and they also had different approaches to this challenge. So Reed was getting to the end, studying the puzzle a little bit, grabbing a bag, going back. Baylor started by just doing the bags and then she was going to study it once at the very end. And she studied a little bit in between, but she, she was definitely doing the bags first more so. Yeah. Um, Due to Reed's speed though, he, since he was so much faster than her, he still had time to study and be neck and neck with her the same time. So they pretty much end up back at the end at the same time. And the only difference is Reed spent more time studying throughout the whole thing. Right. So again, Reed really just blows Baylor out of the water. He is putting those pieces in one after the other. And I think at at one point Reed has three pieces in and Baylor only has one. At one point Reed does put one of the fake pieces in and I felt nervous. Yeah. Then at the very end, he feels around and he corrects his mistake. And I was like, oh, my God, you genius. I was very impressed. He corrects his mistake. He finishes the puzzle and he has it and he starts crying. And this was such a beautiful, cathartic moment. Jeff was like, why are you crying? And Reed's like, it was really hard (laughs) and stressful. That's stressful. I'm hungry. I mean, honestly, if you were that hungry and then you got those delicious kebabs, I would probably shed a tear, too. Yeah, and Josh um, looks so proud of him. So sweet. Baylor's crying, too, because Mm -hmm. you're trying. But, you know, you don't know how you're going to perform at something like, you know, like, all you can do is do your best. Like, no no one's ever gone through a blindfolded maze and completed a puzzle blind before. You know, it just isn't something someone's done in their life. So, you know. I, I I don't know if I'd have hard, you know, I'd be upset that I couldn't eat kebabs, but I wouldn't be mad at Baylor. It's not like she did awful. Yeah. No, she didn't do awful. And at one point, Jeff says to Baylor, so you feel like you let your tribe down? And she's just like, yes, and keeps crying, and then it's silent. Um, so Baylor's going to go to exile, and the rules of these challenges are now it is Rhea's choice who from his tribe goes to exile with her, and it's it's kind of 
awkward because the person who he sends isn't going to get to participate in the feast. So tough. I like how I feel like this is so terrible. I feel like if I was him, I would almost maybe pick, you know what though? Actually, that's not fair because Josh hasn't eaten shit because he was on the other tribe where they weren't eating. I would say maybe send your loved one or yourself. I was, yeah, well, yeah, my, my thought was I would never send the people who did not eat too much rice, but he actually decides to pick Julie and his reasoning, which I think was kind of BS. I think he just like picked Uh the person that he doesn't like, that he likes at least. He says, you know, (laughs) she's doing great out here and now she can go and like continue to show John Rocker how great she's doing. Um, And then Natalie says, I was actually going to volunteer. And Reed's like, okay, like if she wants to go so bad, far be it for me to stop her. Yeah, I think with the Julie thing, it's I think it's very clear that Julie is not she she's no uh, Drew Christie. She's not the kingpin of her tribe. So yeah. I feel like if I was Reed, like that's a very good point. Like because Alec, Wes, and Josh, they were on the other tribe before and barely ate any rice this whole time. So it would be unfair to send one of them and. Clearly, I feel like Natalie and, and Jeremy just have more skin in this game. So I feel like I would rather align with them than, than Julie. I feel like Julie's kind of expendable, you know? Yeah. And Julie. it's also it's also like keep your strong players strong. Keep them well fed so they can continue to continue to perform well in challenges. Now, I think Natalie volunteering, what do you think about this? Because I I kind of didn't realize how tight her and Missy had become when they were previously on a tribe together. So we see this a little bit on Exile, but this is kind of one of Natalie's ways of strengthening that bond. She is saying to Missy, like, you're my ally. So now I'm going to go on Exile with your daughter and form a bond with her. So then once we're all merged, the three of us are good. Yeah, I mean... I think it's a risky move. I mean, who knows what Natalie actually said if they didn't show everything she said for her reasoning to go to everyone. But I feel like it's like you either are hunting for an idol or you want to find out what's going on the other tribe to use to your own advantage, not help us. I don't know. I think, I think it's risky. And I think if uh, the immunity challenge had gone a different way, it could have maybe gotten her in a little bit of trouble, but there are some other targets, too, on her. You know, like, Julie kind of is an easy vote, I think. And yeah. then loading up Reed and Josh also is something I think people would consider, too. So, I don't I, know. I, I guess maybe she weighed her options. but I think it's one of the reasons that we like Nat to watch Natalie as a player because she's willing to take risks. She's willing to try different things and be strategic, even if it might backfire. It's still an interesting move to watch. And yeah. Missy, Missy's really happy that Natalie volunteered to go with Baylor. Definitely. Yeah, she she knows Baylor's in good hands and she, you know, she has Natalie mm-hmm. and that's beneficial to her. So, yeah, I mean, so, I, I, overall, I guess it works out for everyone. Yeah. So back on Orange, they they go back with nothing. No kebabs. Keith is still trying to get fish to bite, which is like so sweet. I love that he's just re- he's relentlessly fishing and trying to catch something and well, it's just not too, happening. I just think the producers know how much we are going to love Keith and yeah. they just give us those little Keith moments. Like he's just like the fish are biting. I think they're too little. They're nibbling. Yeah. It's adorable. You know, like if it was someone else fishing, like 
I just don't. I just don't know if they'd show it because they just know we don't care. Like if Alec was, I mean, I, I don't know. Alec could say something dumb, and that might be funny. But right. um, they just. I think they just know that Keith is going to be America's sweetheart. I think they do. It's funny. The one time we, uh, the maybe, maybe I shouldn't even say it. I should just make it. But I, I'm gonna have to have you make it for me because I, I don't know how to use Photoshop. But it was just like Keith talking, and you know how like it'll say like in the orange letters, it'll be like Keith, and then it'll be like Wes's dad, you know, underneath him talking. Yeah. And I, I was like, I want to Photoshop it and make it say America's dad. Oh my god. <laughs> we can do that. We can definitely do that. But I hate myself. Okay. No, it's an amazing idea. So after we see Keith fishing, we see John telling everybody else in his alliance that Dale has an immunity idol and that they might need to vote Keith out, which would be terrible. You know, and John John thinks it's terrible too. He's like, he's like, we could use Dale to get Keith out. I I just don't see how Keith can stay much longer. And he's like, I want him to, but I don't see how that's going to happen. So it's like, he doesn't want Keith to go either, but it's kind of just the right choice. He's not happy about it, but. uh. Yeah. Again, going back to the timing of when you should share information, this was only the reward challenge. So they don't even know that they're going to tribal yet. They don't even know that this needs to be a discussion. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. He brings it up. That we don't really get any any more info. It just is kind of thrown out there. Yeah. And then we go over to Exile. They do the urn smashing. At this point, Baylor gets the idol clue, and she does share it with Natalie. Natalie does say, to your point earlier, that the clue is more important than the barbecue, that she trusts Missy and Baylor. And she's like, okay, Baylor, well, you got to get it on your tribe. I got to get it on my tribe. And then once we merge, we'll have two idols between us. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that this was kind of like a defining moment for Natalie. I feel like this is, you know, one of her like starting to shine kind of moments. So absolutely, I think I think it was a good choice. And you know, I feel like she does have Jeremy to. No matter what her choice looks like to the rest of her tribe, I think she has people in her corner, and she's confident in that. Mm-hmm. Back back on blue. So absolutely. I think it, it worked out for her. So we go on over to Hunapu, the blue tribe, who are, they're enjoying their barbecue feast. Um, it's really cute. Josh is so proud of Reed. He's like, yeah, that's my guy. He did that. They're being Alex, quite yeah. lovey-dovey. And that doesn't really sit right with Jeremy. No, it doesn't. Uh, Jeremy is like, if Al was still there, you know, we would be so separate that you would think that we didn't really like each other at all. And I mean, that... If you are on tribe and you're the only loved ones and everyone else has, you know, either separated from their loved one in the case of Wes or their loved one is gone. I mean, that is kind of risky business to, it is you know, throw that in everyone's face. The kebabs look amazing. Literally, my next line after this was, the steak kebabs look amazing. They looked really good. Alec thinks so, too. He's, he uses the analogy. He's like... They were so good. My skirt was blown up. He says, I'm a meat collector. I eat <laughs> a lot. My skirt. What is he talking about? I don't know. I, I was just. I, like, like a Marilyn I, Monroe moment. Like, yeah, but, like a meat collector. Like, I don't know. I, I think he, he just means like, he's, he's excited for the meat. I, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess I like feel like a meat collector. I don't know. It sounds like some kind of like dirty term about like someone that like sleeps with a lot of men. 
Yeah. And, and like, likes it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, but. my God. Well, the the celebration is short-lived because it starts pouring. And they just gave away their tar- their tarp. And like we said, they they ended up winning this kebab reward. So if they had waited one day to the next challenge to ask about the rice, they could have had their tarp for this night. I know. Jeremy's pissed. Yeah. As he should be. Yeah. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe they, what if they didn't win? But I don't, you know, they still could have maybe waited. They could have crossed that bridge. Maybe. What if Jeff came the next morning? I don't know. I don't know. The ra- it really is pouring, and I I think anyone would have a hard time with this. I hate when they do all the close-ups of, like, the pruny feet. Like, that is the uh, grossest thing to me. I know. But I know it's part of the game. I keep wondering, like, could anything else be used as a covering? And I specifically, they, they had a couple shots in this episode of the tribal signs, like, that say Hunapu and everything. Can those look pretty... Yeah. solid could those not be like placed on the roof like are do they have to be in the beach or whatever I don't know but I never thought about it before I I don't know I would have just tried to do something could they not have spent a little more time collecting palm fronds to put on their roof I know it's not going to totally protect from the rain but like come on guys let's try something yeah, be a little more resourceful I mean I don't know their they their energy is probably depleted I and maybe the rain kind of happened and there's no stopping it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I've never been there. I can't say how I would react. But Julie feels like she's breaking. She uh, And she is breaking. And Jeremy is concerned because he needs his numbers. He's a single. She's a single. He says, we just need to make it to the merge and then make some magic happen. Uh, Julie says she can't do another night. And Jeremy's just like, get your shit together. At one point, Julie says, it was the hardest night of my life. And I'm like, girl, you're dating dumbass John Rocker. Are you sure? Yeah, right? Are you sure? You've, I know. you've already weathered one storm. Can't you weather another? I just wonder when it comes to the... Okay, you never really know like what it feels like to be in someone else's body so like I'm sure like body fat and like certain things like come into play but like I really wonder like if it if it is that physical or if it's about mental toughness I don't I, I wonder that sometimes you know like when everyone's in the same situation like does it really hurt worse for someone else or is it you know just mentally worse for them or maybe it- combination yeah that's a that's a good point somebody also brings up you know what you signed up for when you signed up to be on Survivor. And I think that's true. I think Alec, he said, this is Survivor. You signed up for this shit. Go home. She, she did. Yeah. I think she thought, I mean, I don't know. Like, did she really want to do this? I think this was John Rocker's idea. I think so too. This was the John Rocker failed redemption tour. Oh my and God. It was just along for the ride. Failed redemption she- tour is the best way to put it. I don't think she... If anything, too, I, f- I feel like she thought he would go farther than her. Ashley, in the immunity challenge, there's a, a John Rocker reference that is so cringy okay. to me. Okay, we'll get there. But I just, yeah. I, I couldn't hold it any longer. It's so cringy. Yeah, but I let- Okay, <laughs> so let's get, let's get into it so we can talk about it. We have our immunity challenge, and they they pan over all of the equipment, and it immediately looks like a doozy to me. Yeah, it's a rough one. Um, yeah, I God, this 
anything like this reminds me, I don't know where I was. And I feel like I have experienced this more than one time in my life. When they have to get the whole tribe over a wall using only their other tribe members, that gives me such anxiety. I am pretty sure in high school, I was, I think this is when it was, I was in some kind of like program. And I think that Gabby and this other Ashley in my grade, I think that they were there too. And we ended up having to be separated so we weren't in the same group. We were the only ones from our school and then other people from other local high schools. There were bigger groups of them there. They might not have known each other well, though. But anyway, and I'm pretty sure it was like one of those like outdoorsy, like team building fucking things. I oh, my God, I'm just like getting anxiety talking about it, where the entire team needs to get up on a platform between two trees, like by hoisting each other up. And there's like not room for everyone on the top. And, like, I'm a, like, big girl. That just gives me such anxiety. I hate watching them throw each other over a wall. I don't know about you. Have you ever had to do anything like that? It reminds me of um, Camp Fair- Camp Fairview. Camp Fairview, it might have happened. I think that's my, my other my other point. I think it happened at Camp Fairview, too. Imagine being a fat 12-year-old and having to rely oh. on, like, boys you're meeting for the first time to hoist you up. I'm so I really, sorry. I, mean, honestly, I really think I weighed 160 pounds, but I was fat as fuck in my own personal opinion. Oh my then. god! But like such anxiety. Oh my god! Just being like manhandled. I mean, it makes sense in the context of the show Survivor, but like thinking about being a sixth grader and having to have like strength, or because there's also the one where it was just a very very small block of wood, like a foot off the ground, and you had to get everybody onto it. So you basically had to do like the world's tightest group hug and thinking about oh. that now I'm like ew don't touch me oh my god wow I'm just like reliving some painful painful adolescent trauma honestly this has nothing to do with this challenge they 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 hurl each other over the wall with ease but yeah it, like, I just feel very triggered whenever they do anything like this I'm like no let's let's get through it so we can get you out of this uh rabbit <laughs> hole that you're in So basically, yeah, like you said, they have to race up over a tall wall and then they push this large wooden cube through a series of posts and they have to grab puzzle pieces on their way. They kind of have to climb up onto the large wooden cube and the bags are tied to this like spiral-y thing. It's complicated. And then inside of those bags, it's a scroll puzzle. So kind of like flags that they have to put in the correct order to make a picture. It's a snake. Um, by the way, Julie's going to sit out, which makes sense because she is super miserable. Um, they, they, they start off and Jeremy like is so fast up this wall, which I guess makes sense because he's a firefighter. But I, I just kept was like, damn, Jeremy, like you're really like shimmy, shimmying up this cube really fast. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty neck and neck. John's doing most of the work for the orange team. He is the one shimmying up and getting the bags. At one, sh- at one point, Jeremy's bag does get stuck on the coil. For a while. like For a while. Yeah, it's a setback. Because what happens is Blue is initially killing it. They get up to the first one first. But then John on orange is so fast. And Jeff's like, John's got a rhythm going. Because it's like the bag. The bag is like tied to a circle and it's a coil so you Mm -hmm. need to kind of get momentum going to get the bag spinning down the coil to be released so then it's like 
they're kind of then, you know, orange makes up some time. And then they're on the second one. Jeremy's gets stuck. John's flying through it. He's flying through orange, it. Orange gets to the third one. By the time Orange has the third one off and they get to their puzzle, that is when Blue gets done the second one. So that was like their major setback there. That right. Like, a lot of time it took a lot of time Wes ends up getting the third bag for blue by the time that blue gets to the puzzle portion the orange team Missy and John are doing the puzzle for them they already have their first two pieces I think they're actually on the third okay yeah I wrote that I I I was like they already have their first and then and second and then I wrote and third because I just had to keep adding them because they just kept adding more pieces by the time blue even got there they they were really flying through it and by the way josh and reed are going to do the puzzle for blue but at one point when orange has this lead in the puzzle when they have you know three or four pieces john yells i can't even say it you have to say it who's big john now oh it's so cringy (laughs) I, i think dale called him at first I think Dale's like, come on, Big John. And then oh. John's little smirk. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, fuck John Rocker. I think it's, I mean, I For sure, kind of, but I it was just. kind of funny. You, I thought it was cringy because I was just like, because remember like last episode, he was like, you know, smirking at himself being called like Brad Pitt or whatever. And then, yeah, I don't, I, I, I and I. I think it's all good fun. I don't know. I well, feel like okay. it's like partly serious, but mostly but, Right, right, right. But I think when you when you have a moment, and we've we've just seen this many times, when you have a moment of whether it's genuine cockiness or again just a fun joke, it, it it's um a little bit of a jinx. Mm. That's a very good point. And also, you too, know, it's it's you know, dangerous. There's, no, there's also no time to talk yourself up during a puzzle. Wendell. Right, right, right. Wendell. Like because, you know, like, because. Josh and Reed catch up super fast. They are amazing. And oh God, they fly through it. They get their first four. At this point, John and Missy start to fall behind. They make a mistake. John ends up looking at Blue's puzzle to see what comes next. Josh and Reed are so fast. Blue Mm -hmm. wins. It's an amazing comeback. The dream team. I wrote a true power couple. Right? This was, I mean, spoiler alert for my MVP, but this was Reed's episode to shine. Oh, I mean, he killed the reward challenge, and he did an amazing job here. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. And he's a sweet idol chatter supporter who's listened to every episode of our season 29 recap. I Seriously? love you forever, Reed. Seriously. I love you. Um, God, yeah, Keith goes, we had that. We definitely had that. Like, there's, it's no secret that this was Orange's puzzle or Orange's challenge to lose. Yeah. Man. Yeah, Jeff Jeff really uh, hammers at home. He's like, how does it feel? How does it feel, Cleopatra? They're like, clearly it sucks. I, you know, I, and I think the strategy was a little bit different where Josh and Reed were kind of alternating who finds the piece and then who runs and puts it up. Whereas orange Missy was looking for all the pieces and then John was the runner. So Missy kind of fucked this one up. Yeah, that's I didn't really even think about it like that, but that kind of makes, yeah, that makes sense. So orange has got to go to tribal and Dale needs to prepare for his biggest acting job yet. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, Wait, did you notice that when Jeff's asking them how it feels, Dale's like, uh, you know, well, tonight's going to hurt worse than this. Someone's loved one is going home. And I'm like, oh, I shit, Dale. That. You don't have a loved one. You are basically saying, I'm safe. I have this idol. Like, you're, you're, even if, even though he's only said it to John, he's making some kind of statement that I'm not going home. I thought That's- it was smart. Way to commit. At first, I was like, "Oh, that's stupid." I'm like, "I'm like, wait, why? Why are you saying that?" And then I was like, "Oh, damn, no, he's doubling down." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get back to Orange. They're back on the beach. We get some sweet moments of Keithisms. He says, "You know, we can't catch a break. What do you do? Heck, it's frustrating." And then he spits. <laughs> God, I love him. He, yeah, he just wants to get to the merge and reunite with Wesley. Love when he calls him Wesley. I know we do. And then he mentions his idol. I keep forgetting Keith has an idol, and he's I like, love... he's like, you can always pull that baby out. That's yeah, you love... having it. I love the way he talks about an idol. He's like, he doesn't know anything about Survivor, but he knows that the idol is a good thing to have, and he's right. Oh my god, I I, I keep forgetting. Like, I just I guess I just view Keith as just like the lovable dad, and I you know, a fisherman. And I, I I just keep forgetting that he has an idol. Like, I don't think about him using it strategically. I just forget. And then he keeps reminding me. Yeah. So Dale starts to scramble. He tells John that he'll make him a deal. He says, if I'm not voted out, I will give you my idol after tribal council. Mm-hmm. He says they should vote Missy. And they do a handshake, but John is still skeptical. He he lets Jacqueline, Missy, and Baylor know and that he's going to play the idol. And they decide to split votes, two for Keith and two for Dale. Yeah. Well, and then also it'll be three on Dale because they're going to get Keith to vote for Dale, too. Right. They say three on Dale and two on Keith. And I'm like, oh, I'm guessing Keith is that other, other one on Dale. They ask him if he thinks the idol is real. And he's like, yeah, I, I really think it is. Yeah. You know, and M- Missy says something too. Um, M- Missy's like, if Dale does play his idol, Keith goes home, and and she's she's sad about it, and she's like, but better Keith than me or Baylor. I just like Keith is so universally loved. Like you know, earlier John is like, oh man, like I I don't see how he's gonna stick stick around that much longer. I I, I want him to, and Missy's like, yeah. I'll be sad. Like everyone loves Keith. It's just it's just a fact. Protect Keith at any cost. Any cost. So Jacqueline and John are still kind of trying to figure out what their best move is. They could align with Dale. They they want to make sure that they maintain their spot as the power couple. And so again, like like we've been saying, I don't really remember who goes home when. I thought John was kind of getting set up to go home somehow because he's getting he's getting this like very cocky edit. Yeah. I feel like he's definitely making himself the target of the power couple it with you know yeah it ab- comes down to that absolutely let's get into tribal yeah. it starts off with some loud ass monkeys mm-hmm. which is pretty funny i feel like they always edit that kind of like environmental stuff out but they left it in and i didn't hate it but it, it, it starts off with, like, a lot of wishy, wishy-washy talk. Baylor's talking about being on Exile and how she felt like a kid lost in a grocery store. And then Missy starts crying. So then Baylor starts crying. And I was just like, God, shut up. Okay, we get it. Your loved ones. No yeah, we get what, it. No matter what, it's, it's, 
you know, it's unusual to have loved ones in the game. It's so weird, yeah. Yeah, there's like, oh, Um, no matter what. It's like, yeah, we know, you're related, okay. Nobody cares. But then we start, we get into strategy, and and Dale says he used to have a long-term strategy. Now he has a 12-hour strategy. Like, he's flying by the seat of his pants. And he he also starts talking about how a lone vote is a valuable vote. If you are in a couple, it can be more strategic for you to have those single players on your side because it's kind of like a free vote. You don't have to, like, go back and forth with anybody that's just a vote that is yours. And then to that, Baylor says, well, I'm more loyal than Dale is. Yeah, because Dale's like, Dale does say, like, I'm a loyal person and I have to put my faith in the people that, you know, took out my daughter. And then right. yeah, Baylor, Baylor says that she's more loyal than Dale. Which is, which is ridiculous. And Dale calls her on it, rightfully so, I think. He says, look, I like Baylor, but she needs to own her game. She flip-flops. She is not playing, like, a loyal game. And there's multiple ways to play the game. And you don't have to be a super loyal person. But I do think you need to own it. And Jacqueline even admits, yeah, Baylor did flip. And... You know, John makes the point of it's it's about who I can trust when we merge. And I just, again, I don't, I don't, it, it, obviously Baylor is going to defend herself and she does need to make an argument, but her argument should not be, I am more loyal than Dale. It should be, I am a strategic thinker. I can help you make big moves. Or like, I'm committed to the, like, or even just say like, yeah, that was in the beginning. It was a different game. It was a different time. But now, you know, we have this thing going, you know, like. It's true. I feel like Missy and Baylor and John and Jacqueline, the four of them are kind of committed to each other now. Like mm-hmm. things have changed, but don't act like you've always been loyal. So we get to the vote and nobody plays their idol. And are you surprised that Keith hasn't played his yet? I How I, does he have how does he have this intuitive sense that he's fine? Maybe they're just telling telling him hey, hey, man, you're good, it's Dale, and he kind of just is like, oh, all right, I believe it. Like, maybe, I feel like we never show Keith in any of these conversations. No, we don't. He's off fishing. He, I don't know, like, I mean, as much as we love Keith, like, he just really isn't that strategic of a player, and I definitely think he's kind of just, you know, a friend and but a vote to them. To To that point of him not being strategic, I'm surprised. I would have expected him to essentially waste his idol that's true or go home with it in his pocket right but But i'm i'm so glad it's all worked out so far yeah we get to the votes we have dale we have keith one for missy we get another one for keith and his face looks so worried oh oh my god i wanted to give him a hug boys and then we have one more for dale and then one more for Dale. So Dale's going to go home. Keith shakes his head after. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's, he's, that's, that's a hard position to be in. Because it's like, yeah, he started out as the only odd man out in a tribe filled with loved ones. But now Dale's gone too. So he's like, okay, clearly two of these people voted for me. Like, oh, fucked up. I mean, I know it's the mm-hmm. game. I just feel bad for Keith in that moment. Me too. Me too. Um, And, and then... Ugh. I, Seemingly out of nowhere for no 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 reason at all. John so just staring at Jacqueline and goes, "You're so beautiful." And I mean, first of all, she is in that glowing firelight. If yeah. dude, if I was on an island, I would look like 
a monster. Jacqueline yeah. truly does look beautiful. But yeah, it's a weird thing to say in that moment. I think mm-hmm. it reminds me of like, you know, they're trying to be this power couple and he's just like, my queen. Yeah. No, it's it is. weird. He's getting a little too cocky, I think. A, a, a lot too cocky. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's not getting. I feel like kind of from the, be- the beginning, he's always like, it, it's increased week by week. And that's dangerous. It it is dangerous. I think there's a difference in John's cockiness and kind of the cockiness that Drew had, where Drew didn't really have anything to back it up. Whereas John does. Like he is in this really powerful alliance with Jacqueline and Missy and Baylor, where he they are kind of they're not kind of they are controlling the game to this point. He's really good in challenges and he's a likable guy. He hasn't really pissed anyone off. So yeah. It's not unfounded, but it is dangerous. Yeah, definitely. It's I mean, much better to be humble. Yeah, and and the, those players like that, like, okay, yeah, you're you're good for now, but and also too, you know, I I don't know when the merge is. What if they lose next week? I mean, well, I guess Keith would be the whole, but I don't know. I mean, it would be very easy maybe if they want to target one of the other couples. Like what if Missy, Missy and Baylor, they can be a little shicey. What if next week they're like, Keith, let's get John out. You know, you don't know. Right. You, you really don't. And I, I truly don't know. I don't remember what happens next. I well, clearly there's, there's 12 people left. There's five mm-hmm. on orange, seven on blue. So, I mean, emerge definitely should be coming soon. It should. Um, I, I, I truly do not remember when the merge is though. So me either. It's all, it's always a surprise to me. I know it could be next week. It could be the week after we're, we're going to have to see. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I guess Dale on his way out, he was, you know, he, he's not bitter or anything. He's just like, Oh man, it was an uphill battle. I tried mm-hmm. what I could. Um, and John and Jacqueline, um, did the same to him that they did to Kelly. He's going to have a good conversation with Kelly tonight. Yeah, I I think in a in a sense, if you if you gotta go, this is probably a good way because he, I don't I don't know that Dale was necessarily like out here to win a million dollars. Would it have been nice? Sure, but it I think it's probably going to be really valuable that him and Kelly are now going to get to spend this time together and have yeah. conversations. Like it would the point I'm making is it would have sucked if he he made the next few votes and then went home and he's like okay well that's a week I could have been spending with my daughter on this island mm-hmm. I don't know I mean I'm sure it would have liked to stay longer yeah I'm sure everyone would like a million dollars in their pocket but you oh, know yeah if you've learned anything from Ben and you know winners at war <laughs> sometimes it's better to leave with friends and maybe for Dale it's better to leave with a repaired relationship with his you know once kind of a strange daughter so sweet yeah. So and this is this is the part of the episode where we usually name our MVPs. I already showed my cards. I think Reed yeah. is the MVP of this episode. And sometimes the MVPs that we name are people who are playing a good social game, people who are playing a good strategic game. I'm basing my selection off of the fact that he just slayed the challenges this week. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be mine too. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say another MVP. I mean, honestly, I feel like Nothing's bad happened yet. I feel like John is really like emerging at as a powerful person. So we'll I feel like John in the mix. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, that vote went how he wanted it to. And he kind of he had that choice. He was the one with Dale's information. And, you know, he got to make the call, I think. So he he's kind right. of emerging as the kingpin of his tribe. 
Yeah, I feel like my MVP selection is going to seem kind of biased because if you don't, guys, if you don't follow us on Twitter, head on over. But read, because um, we had, we, I had shared this picture of him from last week's episode where he is just like cat- gracefully catapulting over water and it looks so casual and so beautiful. And I, I think I said something like, this looks so casual and so beautiful. And he he responded and was like, LOL, if only you knew. And then he said he'd listen to all our episodes. And I was so flattered. I'm flattered. Um, and, uh, but it's not biased. Like, he truly just did great in this episode. Yeah, because it's hard to say. I mean, I think it's hard to say that some of the social moves and stuff and things that happen, we don't know if it's going to bite someone in the ass. Like, yeah, I think Natalie, too. Like, I feel like she kind of set herself up okay with her choice to go exile but again we don't know how people are going to react to that natalie wasn't really put on the spot this week they Mm -hmm. didn't have tribal so i think in the long run it it, clearly we know who wins so like i feel like it it, it, you know that was kind of a risky but smart decision for her so i mean we'll throw some you know honorable mentions to john and natalie yeah for sure reed was definitely the star so before we get to luxury items, I had kind of teased a little bit of a game. It's less of a game and more of a fun discussion. Mm-hmm. But last week in our luxury item segment, we shared some books we were into. And you said something that I thought was really funny. You said, for a Hufflepuff and a Slytherin, we're sure acting like a couple of Ravenclaws. And it got me thinking, what if there was a season of Survivor where the tribes were split into their Hogwarts house? How amazing would that be? What an amazing and, crossover. Oh, it would be so good. And then I started thinking, okay, well, if you had to split the current players into Hogwarts houses, who would be on what? Oh, that's like, uh, that's really broad, though. So I have to categorize all of them or like do we, we have can, a- let's just talk let's just spend like five minutes talking through a couple of people just for fun okay i was thinking i mean since you you did like a you, you did add something to our insta story posing this question i, I was thinking about it a little me bit me too i what do you think about keith i think keith is a hufflepuff see i was thinking that he could be a hufflepuff but i also he's also kind of Gryffindor, I mean, he is a firefighter, yeah. so extremely brave, and I feel like he's the guy that you want to send to exile with your wife because he'll yeah, I was, her. I was split between the two. I was split between it's the hard. two. I feel like the Sorting Hat would have a hard time, but I guess maybe we could go with the because Hufflepuffs get along with everyone. Yeah, and everyone loves Keith. I feel yeah. like there's people who are more very clear Gryffindor is like Jeremy 100% would be a Gryffindor yeah. like I would I would fight anybody on that Missy's a Slytherin Missy I think Missy and Baylor both are Slytherins they're snake yeah a snake um no 100% I say that as a Slytherin myself proud to be a member um yeah. what about Ravenclaws I would say I would say like Josh Josh is definitely Ravenclaw you to me yeah, I, that's exactly who I was thinking. I was like, what would Josh be? And I'm like, I feel like you're pretty smart. I don't, that, that's what I was thinking too. But where do we put Reed? I see, I feel like besides Reed's physical prowess at this point. We don't know enough. I, I know that I, I don't know. I mean, I love him, but Again, uh, I, I can't wait until final tribal. <laughs> I know. I I could see a little, I could, I could make an argument for Reed as a Hufflepuff. And I base that only on, 
I feel like he's very similar to one of the most famous Hufflepuffs of all time, which is Cedric Diggory, a just a hot, competitive, athletic guy. And also, like, Reed seems to get along with everyone pretty well, but I don't know. He's, he, he says something very, like, powerful and cutting at, at Final Tribal. Um, I don't remember. And, oh, my God. It's, like, one of the most iconic Final Tribal speeches of all time. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I, it, it, it could be interpreted as mean by some, but I, I personally didn't mind. Okay. What do you think about <laughs> Natalie? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like she's kind of like a badass and like a risk taker. I, I feel like I get Gryffindor vibes. Me too. What do you think about Jeff Probst? Oh my god, Jeff Probst. <laughs> oh man. He's like not even in a house. I feel like he is like from like the American wizard wizardry school. What is oh that my called? God. Crap, I'm like I can't remember right now. It's fine. I'm not like well versed in like the world outside of the books, to be honest. I, I have not read. Um, is it called like Ilvermorny or something? Yeah, something like that. I have not um, read Harry Potter, and I actually have been meaning to pick them back up. I I've me read too. Them so many times. Like, I was such a nerd. Like, I got into them for the first time. I read one through three and then I like lose, I lost, not lost interest, but I just kind of, you know, there wasn't another book, you know, out. I read them. I remember it was summer of 2003. My two best friends were both away for the summer at like respective, like it wasn't like a can't like the one was at like a ballet program and the one it was at like some cool thing. I don't know. My, my two best friends were gone. I was bored as fuck. I picked up Harry Potter and it was right when the fifth book was coming out and I read one through four and I waited up for my dad to go to Sam's Club to buy me the fifth. He was going to Sam's Club. And I'm like, you need to get me the fifth Harry Potter book. I know they have them there. And I was like, had finished the fourth that day. And I was just like anxiously waiting for him to bring it. And I read it. And then I just read all one through five again. Mm-hmm. And then I read them again that summer three times. Like such They're so there. good. And that was, you know, Ashley, that was one of our first bonding moments as friends. Oh was, was it when we went to get was it the sixth? Yeah, and uh, Amy's dad took Yumi and Amy to Barnes and Noble at midnight, and it was so fun. And then we were like in the car, like in was it a van? It was a van. <laughs> on the way, on the drive home, with the light on in the car, which I like thought was illegal. Yeah, me too. My mom, because my mom told me it was, and then yeah. recently I found out it's not illegal. It's just annoying. But anyway. Um, that was like one of the best nights of my life. I feel like, cause I was, you and Amy were older than me and you still are, but I was like the youngest person there. And I was just like, Oh my God, I'm out of midnight. And it was, there's something that feels so good when you're young about doing something that you like to do and having it be cool because there's, you know, there's moments where you're like, sorry, this is a tangent that I don't need to get into, but there's moments when you're like 15, 16 and you're hanging out with like people you think are cool, but you're at like a party and not that that's not my essence, but it's not, you know what I mean? And you're like, okay, yeah, I'm just kind of like going through the motions of like what a cool person does. But then there's moments where you're at Barnes and Noble at midnight waiting for a Harry Potter book with people that you like and want to be friends with. And you're just like, you feel accepted for who you are. God, that's so beautiful. And I, I'm, I'm so flattered that you thought I was so cool. <laughs> well, I thought like the whole group of like you, Amy, Lauren, 
Courtney Christie, like I, yeah, that was because I, I think that was when like I was starting to be friends with Amy at that point. Like I think we had, we had spent, I must've been, this must've been after, this must've been during when I was, I must've been a freshman because Amy and I became, yeah, yeah, Amy and I became friends my freshman year when I started sitting at her lunch table, an epic story in my life, but we weren't the friends we are today and we, we you and I talked on I am but like yeah I mean look at us now look at us now we have a business together I don't yeah. chatter um okay I I think we we're good on Harry Potter for now I would like to I like to revisit this with maybe like more um iconic players from previous seasons and god I think it would be such a great theme to a season and also, too, I kind of want to know. You see, not everyone likes Harry Potter, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like Reed probably likes Harry Potter. I Maybe we can ask him what what his house is. I don't want to make assumptions because I just you right. know I don't know him that well. And it, you know, maybe how you play the game isn't necessarily a reflection of you know how you yeah. identify. Very important choice, like your Harry Potter house. But I also I feel I also feel conflicted because J.K. Rowling has like made a lot of really transphobic statements the past few months and I don't so I don't support her I think yeah I think where where I'm at is like I obviously I own the books so I'm not gonna like burn the books I think I'm it's something that's obviously very special to us having grown up with them and I think we can enjoy that art but maybe not like continue to support the franchise that she's continuing to make money from which is no I won't I won't put any more money exactly Harry Potter series but I already own my book exactly and it's it's no it's no no sweat off my back because I remember like the first the the first Fantastic Beast movie um, I did go and see that, but like, I, it didn't move me the way Harry Potter did. Oh, wait, one more thing I wanted to say was that, um, if Jacqueline had to be in a Harry Potter house, I feel like she would be the, um, Bucks Batons Academy of Magic that oh, yeah, floor is from. Bo Baton floor. With her golden hair. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% where Jacqueline's from. Oh, man. All right, what well, let's. Yeah, exactly. Just a beautiful, a beautiful person, but also a fierce competitor. Um, All right. Well, let's get into our luxury item segment. This is where we share items that we're into outside or sometimes inside of the Survivor universe. I am going to keep it really simple. I have one thing. Okay. Hit me with it. I, starting Friday night and I finished it yesterday, I watched... The entire first season of The Babysitter's Club on Netflix. And it, it was a delight. It was a delight. Ashley, did you read The Babysitter's, Babysitter's Club books growing uh, up? Hell yeah. In elementary school, I did not have any friends. I, oh. I, really, I started blossoming in middle school. I did have so. friends, and they were Christy, Marianne, Stacy, and Dawn. Yeah, right? Not Mallory. <laughs> Mallory, you can fuck off. Um, BFC no, is... The shit. I was obsessed. I when I tell you my idea of a good time on a Saturday afternoon is my mom taking me to the library and I would take out like mm-hmm. I shit you not like thirty babysitters like little sister Karen Christie's mm-hmm. younger stepsister like when I was like super young I would read those and oh yeah I read like pretty, I think I read all the babysitters club books if I had I'm, to say. I'm so glad and when I was thinking about talking about this I 
I just knew. I just had faith that you felt the same way. I fucked well, with the Babysitter's Club so hard. To your point of the Little Sisters, I was more into the spinoff series, The California Diaries. <laughs> Do you remember well, those? Oh, yeah, Dawn. Yeah, Dawn the California Girl. Dark, a little more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, like, the super specials, the real thick books where there's a little bit extra. Um, my favorite one, which was not... Um, it wasn't one of the because the the episodes on Netflix they follow the first few books pretty closely. The one that they didn't include, which was one of my favorites, was um, what is it called? It's like the ghost at Dawn's house, and it's like she discovers oh. like a secret um, underground railroad passageway. I'm like I'm remembering. I'm vaguely remembering this. I loved that one, but I so I don't know. I didn't, and obviously I loved the movie with Rachel Lee Cook and uh, some of some of those other people. Um, But yeah, I definitely. I was I was skeptical of the Netflix series because it looks like it's geared towards younger people, and in general, reboots can be tricky. Like. Fuller House was really cheesy and cringy. Did I watch all of it? Yes, but like reluctantly. Yeah. But the other night I finished I finished watching Heart of Dixie, which was a series that I had been rewatching that I'd mentioned. And I just needed something comforting. And I the Babysitter's Club caught my eye and I was like, let me give it a shot. And I was surprised and delighted. And my husband, Matt, made fun of me, and he said that he had never heard of the Babysitter's Club, which I I was shocked because if you were – how old were we when we were reading these? Like 10, 11, 12? If you were 10, 11, 12 in the heyday of the Babysitter's Club, it was just part of your life. Everybody knew about the Babysitter's Club. Like you like, said, going – Did you going... ever go to the Scholastic Book Fair, Matt? Oh, right? And he had a sister too. He has a sister. So I'm just like, how did you miss whatever? Anyway, it, if you need just something light and breezy to watch, it's a quick, it's a quick binge. It's, it's pretty delightful. And what's cool is it's set in modern times, but they still very smartly figure out a way to tie in all of the nostalgic stuff like Claudia's uh, see-through phone and the logo, you know, so. I might have to check it out. I I thought it looked cute. I was thinking about it. Um, I highly recommend. I I will say one, a a babysitter's club. I learned so many things from the books. Like, okay, not like super learned, but I feel like I first learned what autism was from the books. Like they were babysitting an autistic child, you know, mm-hmm. bad. like I, I learned cer- certain things. And I remember AC has diabetes and I remember that she like wet the bed or something. And that is like part of how they figure out she had diabetes. And one time when I was like, I think I was in middle school and have you ever had a dream that you're peeing and then you almost pee and then you wake up? Has that ever happened yeah. to you? Yeah. It's happened to me a few times. I woke up. I was taking a nap on my couch and I woke up and I almost pee. I like, I, I don't know. I was having a dream. I was peeing, I think. And I was like, I have diabetes. (laughs) I was like, I I think I told my mom, but I I don't at this time. Ironically, now my mom has diabetes. Love and light to Deb. Hopefully she, uh, it's that it's her insulin worked out, but may she handle it with as much a plum as a one Stacey McGill. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I guess that's all you have about the Babysitter's Club. That's I, it. In honor 
of luxury items, I took the plunge and I watched a new show this weekend. I didn't even tell you about it. I want to surprise you because I'm so tired of every week just talking about Guy Fieri and like an old. (laughs) I'm never, I'm never tired of talking about Guy Fieri. I could talk about Guy Fieri all day. I just, I just love watching Triple G. I'm so jealous. Courtney's on her way home from um, Ocean City right now, and she's stopping at a, a Triple D location in Delaware. Aww. And I told her to send me a pic of her her food when she gets home. I'm excited <laughs> for her. Excited and jealous. But um, I decided to watch a new show because I think what it is is this is me trying to figure out what to watch. I was just staring at Netflix on Friday night. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch Gilmore Girls. I've never seen all of Gilmore Girls. But then mm-hmm. I was like, so many seasons. Like, it's a big commitment. And I feel like I'll get, like, 12 episodes in and get distracted. And then I'll kind of forget what happens. And then I'm like, do I have to start over from the beginning again in a month? I just, it gives me anxiety picking out a show. That sounds so insane. But I'm like, oh, man, like, what if I get a couple episodes in and I don't really like this? I, I've tried to watch some shows sometimes. I just couldn't do it. And I was like, you know what? I need something that is one season, a nice quick binge. And I decided to watch Love Life on HBO Max. Oh, what's it? I haven't. Okay. This show is the reason that I signed up for HBO Max before it even launched in May. What? I saw I saw, like, a trailer for this show and I was like, oh, my God, that show looks so good. Let me pre-sign up for HBO Max. Meanwhile, it's August, and I still haven't even watched the stupid show. Like, I don't know why. Um, it's It stars Anna Kendrick, which I know that people can take her or leave her. I feel like a lot of people think Anna Kendrick is annoying, but I'm not one of those people. I, I, think, she, I think she's quirky and cute. I like her. I, I liked her book. I don't love her. I don't hate her. I, I think she's fine. I liked her book, too. I, I don't like... I'm not like obsessed with her or anything, but I, I mean, I, I like pitch perfect. And I, I thought pitch perfect was cute. I like a good um, her. So one time uh, a waitress told me I looked like Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I don't think I do. Um, this girl, actually, I think um, this girl, uh, Rachel, that's friends with Christy. Christy's actually at the beach with her right now. I, I think she looks like Anna Kendrick. I've told <laughs> her that before. Um, so yeah, tell, me, I, like, tell me about the show. Yeah. So like, yeah. Basically, though, I like I like Anna Kendrick enough that I was excited about the show. So it's called Love Life, and it basically just follows the romantic relationships of this young woman throughout the course of her life. So, you know, the first episode will be her meeting this one guy, and then the next episode, her and this other guy. So it'll, it'll literally be like a year since this person. So it just explores these different relationships that she has. And then like also to like relationships with her family, things that have made her who she is. Um, and it's just like a beautiful show about friendship and, and love and learning and growing. And I, I sound like so cheesy, but it's just like an, it, it, I, I just like the concept of it where it's not just like a season where it's taking place over the course of a year and she's going on different dates. It's not like that. It's like, specifically focusing on these different relationships and sometimes the relationship is with her mother and sometimes it's with her best friend and I read a review where they said that it was too focused on her character and the other characters don't have development and I'm like well the show is called love life it's about her love life so that's why and I thought that you got enough from the other characters I I don't know I thought it was really good I think I think you would like it is it 
Yeah. See, I'm, I'm just, I'm hesitant to watch anything too emotional, kind of the way that you're, that you are and have been with normal people and not to put pressure on you again. I don't know if you saw right. in the idle chatter DMs. I, did. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I saw you and my friend Danielle talking, talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> my own DMs. <laughs> You just want me to watch the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, there's, I understand why you have it, and I feel like that's the same reason that I'm watching shows geared towards 13-year-olds like Heart of Dixie and The Babysitter's Club because that's emotionally where I'm at right now. Yeah. Well, I will say this: there is some like, there, there's some like comedy in this too. There's okay. also just like this like 20-something thing about like figuring out life and like with like like her career and stuff and like friendships, stuff like that. It kind of reminds me of like, like I like girls in a way a little bit, but more focused on one single character. Right. I don't know. I don't know if you watched girls. Oh, I I love girls. It's not like, I don't want to specifically like, it's not like the best comparison, but like, I feel like if you liked girls, you would like, like this show perhaps. I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And I, the fact that it's one season is is a little bit more manageable, I guess to the point of the reason that you're not ready to watch normal people, I did watch it. And I, it, to this day, I have like emotional trauma from normal people because it is so emotional and so heavy. That really wants, makes me want to watch it. (laughs) I know. Right. Well, but that's, yeah, I don't know. I guess, We'll, I guess we'll see. I feel, I, I don't know. I should, I should just give it a try. Yeah. I, I would recommend it. I was a big fan. I feel like I thought that I might have another one, but I think that like you just did one. So maybe I'll, I'll just do one. Um, yeah. We had talked about doing a luxury item edition, a luxury item Trader Joe's edition. Oh, yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't have, I don't have enough information. Oh, I, I mean like, I don't know. I made their Mac and cheese balls <laughs> last night for dinner. Um, what else? What were your favorite things you got from the hall? Even if they aren't a new thing, like. Dude, I got so much stuff that it was, yeah. it's just like literally too much to even wrap my mind around. Cause I was just so excited to be in my new suburban Trader Joe's that I would just, I filled my cart to the brim. Yeah, like I couldn't, good. yeah, I couldn't even begin to name something I'm excited about. Cause there's just so much shit. Um, I got some really nice cheeses for a cheese board that I did. Um, the mac and cheese balls I was excited about. Uh, I got soup dumplings, which are a staple and a favorite. They're they're really tasty. We make them in our rice cooker. Um, what about you? I got this thing that I get all the time, and it's called Tarte Alsace. Um, it is... Okay, imagine it like looks like a frozen pizza, but it's a tart, so it's more of like a not like a puff pastry. I don't know. It's kind of like a buttery like crust. And okay. it has, uh, I think it has Gruyere cheese and caramelized onions and ham. And you bake that baby up and I always top it with arugula and a drizzle of balsamic glaze. And it's so good. And honestly, I'm probably going to fire that baby up like right when we uh, wrap up our recording. And then I also got some cheese. I got... I got romesco dip, which I haven't tried yet. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. What, I think it's I think it's made with like peppers or something. I don't know. And then I got like the new cauliflower jalapeno dip with Parmesan cheese. I tried that. Um, I used a tortilla chip. It was pretty good. Yum. And I'm trying to think. I got baby cauliflower, which like has green stems and like 
the the head of it is like small. I don't know. I, I'll have to send you a picture. But I'm excited okay. to try the baby cauliflower. I always yeah. love the new vegetable. That's exciting. Send send me some pics and I'll post them on our Instagram. I can't share any pics of the mac and cheese balls because we already ate them, but uh, I'll I'll find one on Google. Yes. Yeah, so, oh. One other, another food related tangent. Have you ever been to the uh, Dutch country market in Flemington? Yeah, a really long time ago. Oh my God. I went there yesterday. You need to go back. Okay. Just the most delicious place in the entire world. They have um, people that come from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the, you know, the Pennsylvania Dutch or, or Amish. They make the best pretzels that you've ever had in your life. They make them right in front of you and they dunk them. They take tongs and they pick up that pretzel and dunk it in a tub of butter. Oh my God, Ashley, this is like so tantalizing. Oh my God, you need to come up here. They're open on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They're only open until three on Saturday. So that's like, I usually go. They make little little pretzel hot dogs. They take like little baby hot dogs and wrap pretzel around it, dunk it in butter bunch of different dipping sauces they also have pretzel wraps which i got they take the pretzel dough the one i got was bacon hash brown egg and cheese wrap it up like a little burrito cook that baby up dunk it in butter sprinkle it with salt oh my god it's amazing and then the donuts are the best donuts you've ever had in your life that sounds amazing yeah and i got pickles best pickles matt loves pickles i don't like pickles but you would really like that yeah it's weird I mean it's not weird I feel like a lot of people don't like pickles actually I just didn't know you didn't like pickles if we ever go out to lunch I can eat your pickle exactly and I I do like relish on my hot dogs though oh interesting well I think we need to wrap this up because now I'm super hungry because of that description you just provided yeah one last thing I did want to say is I feel like there's a couple of our survivor favorites um, that either need your uh Thoughts and prayers or your love and light, whichever, mm-hmm. whichever you prefer. And that's going to be Michelle Fitzgerald posted on um, her story the other day that wine Wednesdays are, you know, not happening due to personal reasons. And I was just kind of wondering, I was like, oh, maybe she's just burnt out. You know, maybe she needs a break, but I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but I think her younger brother's in the hospital. Yeah. Um, she she I posted expect- something about it. Yeah, and I'm not spec. You know, I'm not making any speculation about why he's in the hospital. It's just kind of like a fact. Like I think, you know, she posted, you know, where she was, what hospital and stuff. So I think, you know, we love our girl Michelle, um, her sister Kim. We just want to send her um, brother Joe positive vibes. Yeah. Um, and then another one is uh, John and Jacqueline of this season, our power couple. You know, still very much in love. That they just celebrated Jacqueline's birthday and an anniversary. They just. Um, as we know, I, I again, I don't know if this has been discussed yet on the season, but Jacqueline um, was born without a uterus, so she can't have children, and they just had an embryo implantation with their surrogate um, just a couple days ago. So we want to send posi vibes their way, too. Yes, good luck to them. Um, wow, so, yeah, sorry I took a very serious turn after we were just uh, talking about pretzels and stuff, but... No, that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, we're, we're... <laughs> We, we can do both. We can talk about fun things like pretzels and The Bachelor and also wish, uh, send some teas and peas and love and light, like you said, to our, our survivor faves. Yeah. Well, 
On that note, I hope that everyone listening has a great week. Thank you for sticking with us through this whole episode. It was a short one, I will say. So, I mean, um, it's funny that it, it ended up being such a short episode, but I feel like we talked about so much. I know. Well, you know what? It's that way when we were recording. (laughs) I'm actually shocked looking at the time right now. I know. I think it usually the long episodes are when we talk about The Bachelor. (laughs) I know. And you know what? There there is a little bit of new news I heard. But you know what? We'll save it for another time. We'll save it. We'll save it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. I hope you have a great week. We'll be back next week with a new episode every Monday to um, recap season 29. Next week, we'll be talking about episode seven. If you're following along with us, let us know on Instagram or Twitter. We are over there and would love to hear from you. Have a great week. Bye, everyone. Yeah, bye, everyone.